So before we get to the podcast, just remember, check out the show notes and see the two sponsors of this podcast. OriginUSA.com, code SAVAGE, save 10%. RisingSun207.com, code SAVAGE, save 10%. First company, awesome clothing, awesome supplements. Second company, awesome supplements, awesome drinks, awesome protein. So check them out now, and now to the podcast. Well, hello. Welcome to Savage and More. It is Friday afternoon. So you know what that means. It's time for Grind My Gears. So yeah, it's coming a little later. Um, Typically, I like to have the podcast up at 6 a.m. on Friday morning. Um, I did record the podcast in time to do that, uh, but I didn't feel like it was coherent. Like you didn't go from... A to B to C. I felt like I was going from A to F to M to Z back to B. So I wanted to uh, clear up my thoughts and re-record this. And I'm also doing a test on myself. And anybody that listened to the anti-aging podcast will understand this. Uh, I've loaded myself up with a bunch of nootropics. And then I put a Jocko Go on top of that, which also has nootropics, amino acids, and electrolytes, and caffeine to see if my brain is going to fire better so that everything is coherent. So if I'm talking really fast or super high energy, that could be why. <laughs> so let's get into grind my, Grinds My Gears. So what we're going to discuss today, I'm only going to discuss this once and you'll never hear this from me again. Do not try to like bring it up to me in the future or anything. I'm going to talk about it this one time, and then I'm done. Because it really does grind my gears, and I don't want to spend a lot of energy on this. But I do feel I need to get this out into the world. So what grinds my gears this week is fucking politics. As you know, the world is in upheaval here at home. You know, you got to have a tribe. You're either on the right or the left. Uh, you can't you can't be in the middle and have civil conversations. And I've always just stayed out of everything. And the reason I've stayed out of everything is because I'm a libertarian. It's pretty simple, my view. Do whatever you want as long as you pay for it yourself and you don't hurt anybody. It's all about the free market. It's plain and simple for me. But the way things are going and an interesting conversation I had has really sparked my annoyance with the current political situation. So a lot of people would probably be like, Ugh, libertarian, isn't that like a fringe group? They're crazy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there's some people out there that are libertarian that, that give it a bad name. Um, 
But then there's a lot of smart people out there that are libertarians and just get it. And I like to put myself in that classification. So you may wonder, how does somebody get to being a libertarian? You know, because there are, besides my core belief, um, there's also, you know, I do feel taxation is theft because we don't get back what we put in. Um, I want small government. And then also, um, I want whatever money to go back into this country and this community. Um, so it's interesting how I got there. Uh, so, so my, my first presidential election was Bush Gore. Um, that's when I was finally old enough to vote in a presidential election. And I don't mind saying I voted for Al Gore because it seemed like the country was doing so well under Clinton at the time. I figured, eh, hey, it's his number two. Hopefully he's not going to fuck anything up. So I voted for him. And then came the shit show. <laughs> uh, essentially, Florida guaranteed Bush the win. So I saw it as a theft of an election. And, you know, this is, well, I mean, if we're 2022, that was 2000. So that was 22 years ago. And that is the first time that I understood that politics is all bullshit. Government is all bullshit. And I want nothing to do with it. Now, I'm not an anarchist. Like, I don't want to burn it down just for the sake of burning it down. But I, I completely walked away. Um, you know, I, I registered as an independent because that's how that's what made sense to me. Um, but once that election was stolen, I was absolutely done. Uh, I stopped voting. Because uh, I did take the attitude, if I don't vote, I can't bitch about it. And then, you know, I just started to have these things form in my head. Like, why do I pay all these taxes? What am I getting back? You know, and I think that happens to a lot of us as we get older and start making more income and, and wondering, like, wow, the government's taking a large chunk of my check every week. So that really started to bother me. And then uh, growing up, it was my dream to be a drug enforcement agent. Like I really bought into uh, the war, war on drugs. As I got older, I was like, wow, if it just made sense to me, like, hey, like we don't need this war on drugs. You know, and it's like if somebody's smoking marijuana, that doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. So that's where the my belief really set in do whatever you want as long as you pay for it yourself and don't hurt anybody. So then it just, I was like, okay, this is who I am now. Like I, I didn't even know what libertarian was at that point. It just, it made more sense to me to have some, some of those beliefs. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and he is my spirit animal um, watching parks and rec and Ron Swanson is a libertarian. He works inside the government because he wants to bring it down. <laughs> it, and I mean, obviously it's a comedy and it was to the extreme with that character. But that's when I was like, oh shit, I'm a libertarian. Then I did my research and discovered majority of people think libertarians are insane. And believe me, there are some insane libertarians out there. I mean, uh, for example, Gary Johnson... 
when he was running for president, he couldn't like show you where countries are on a map. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, the last presidential candidate, which I actually did vote this last election, I voted for Joe Jorgensen. Uh, she seemed on paper to be more qualified than both Trump and Biden, and she had those core beliefs. So I was all in, but I, I did understand she wasn't going to win. But I wasn't giving my votes to to Biden or Trump. Because in Maine, we have ranked voting. So you can, you know, you can have your first choice, Joe Jorgensen. And I think you can do up to five choices and you just do it in numerical order. So it was Joe Jorgensen and I wrote in Kanye West. I know it. my votes didn't matter at that point, but I was standing up for what I believed in. So that's me, the libertarian. And it really fucking grinds my gears to watch the political system now. Um, so oddly enough, I was having this conversation um, with my friend Jamie. She's the owner of RisingSun207.com. Code Savage, save 10%. Cool little plug for you, Jamie. Um, the state of Maine, the Public Utility Commission, voted to allow the energy supplier in Maine to charge more money. And all of us have just been waiting for this to hit because we just, CMP is rated the worst in the country for customer service. Like they do not give a shit about us. They don't give a shit about power outages. It's an absolute joke. Like the amount of money I spend on electricity, I expect more and we don't get that. So Jamie had gotten her electric bill... <laughs> And I mean, she went like from $250 to like $450 in a month. And she didn't do anything different. Now, yes, in Maine, your electricity bill will go up a bit. Well, a little bit because the the nights are longer. So you're using your lights more. And then depending on heat and stuff, like if you have a heat pump, it's going to run more because it's colder. So it's going to go up, but it's it's not going to be a ridiculous jump. And that's what she experienced at her business. And, And she said, you know... Yes, I can absorb it into the business, but now I'm losing that money to put back into my business. And I truly believe in the free market and the free market will take care of itself. Well, CMP is pulling Jamie away from the free market. So then, you know, I'm waiting for my electric bill a couple weeks later and I get it. And my electric bill jumped 78 bucks. Again, nothing different, nothing changed from uh, last January. It was like the same amount of usage. It simply jumped because the Public Utilities Commission in the state of Maine allowed CMP to charge more. And I, I just remember commenting to Jamie on this issue, like how ridiculous it was, even $78. And she she said back, and it was so brilliant, that imagine being either on a fixed income, an elderly person, a single parent, any of those things. Like, it's going to hit super hard. And to me, it's like, oh shit, do these people have to choose between paying their electric bill or food? Like now, you know, and especially now with inflation and everything, the food cost is way up and now electricity is way up. 
how is somebody in those situations going to survive? And I commented back to Jamie, what pisses me off is that the, the PUC voted for them to raise the rates, but now the PUC is threatening to investigate central main power over the costs. <laughs> and it's like, you assholes, you're the ones that put this into place. You know, CMP's parent company is a publicly traded company, so their goal is to make as much profit as possible. Well, Maine, you can't have it both ways. And when I said that to Jamie, Jamie went, yeah, well, the PUC is in Janet Mills's pocket. That's our governor. Uh, she is a scumbag politician. Uh, she promised if she got elected as the governor she would not allow the Northeast Corridor to happen. Essentially, this company wanted to, from Quebec, run through the main forest, cut a bunch of it down to have transmission lines for electricity for Massachusetts. So Maine is just the corridor. We weren't going to benefit from more electricity. It was all for Massachusetts. And she promised that wouldn't happen. And the second she became governor... She signed it and allowed it to happen. So it really struck me when Jamie said that. And I was like, yeah. And then I went on a tangent of how I would fix the state government. Because when I think about politics and government, I don't give a shit about the world and I don't give a shit about the federal government. I truly believe if you're going to affect anything, you're going to do it in your community or the state level. Because the way our constitution is written, the power is to the state. The federal government shouldn't have the power that they currently do because the constitution was written, the power is to the state. Like federal government really shouldn't be getting involved too much. So I listed out to Jamie like, boom, 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 boom. This is how I'd fix the government. And she responded, you know, I'm on the left, which she is. And I agree with everything you're saying. And I'm surprised by that. So that inspired me. I was like, yeah, see, it's simple. And then I got aggravated because I'm like, wow, politics has fucked me over so much. This grinds my gears. So here I am. I am talking about how politics grinds my gears. And I just kind of wanted to throw out there what I would do to fix local government, state government. You may agree, you may disagree, but if politics grinds your gears like it fucking grinds my gears, I want to give you some ideas, get you thinking. Maybe there's something you can do because you're pissed off and you want the government to change. And like I said, I don't believe we, we can do anything federally. We just can't. But we can affect our local communities and our state. So, as a libertarian, what would I do with the government? <laughs> First thing I would do is I would focus on the school systems. Um, public schools are absolutely messed up. Um, they, don't, they don't work. Now... As a libertarian, 
the ideal situation, you pull your kids out of school and homeschool them. And then you don't pay your property taxes because your kids are not now in the school system. Like you keep that money to yourself. But let's be real. The majority of us, you know, your household, both parents have to work uh, to be, be able to provide. So public school is a necessity. What I would do with the school system, though, is all the administrators that there are. We don't need all these damn administrators. I don't know how Maine is, but I know for a fact in New York State, there are more administrators than there are teachers. How does that make sense? And when I look at Maine, what I see happening is substitute teachers don't exist anymore. They are paid so little, it did not make sense for a lot of substitutes to work during the pandemic. Like 12 bucks an hour for this, I'm out. So what we, what we need to do to fix our school systems is we've got to cut all these administrators. You know, a, a fucking superintendent making like 200 grand a year, you know, for every school district in Maine. And we're, we are a large state volume-wise, but we're a small state population-wise. That money needs to go back into the school system. And I know that's really not a libertarian thing. But if we can cut all these administrators and put the money back into the system, it's going to benefit us in the long run. Teachers are paid better. Substitutes are paid better. There's better equipment, better better books, better better lunch programs. Just all of it could be better. And at the end of the day, our kids are coming out of the system better educated and well-adjusted. The other thing we can do with the school systems, and this, this truly is a core libertarian belief, it's okay to help people. Like, as a libertarian, you almost, I almost feel like you should have an obligation to help people. And I've, I've been really impressed with the libertarian community. Like, when something tragic happens, immediately libertarians are raising money to help. And it's not a demand for money. It's, hey, this happened. If you can help, please be a good citizen. Because selling wrapping paper at a school to raise money for the school is bullshit. You know, a kid sells uh, $100 worth of wrapping paper. The school's lucky to get five bucks. And most kids aren't going to sell a lot. Because, you know you put it on the parents and as a parent, you're like, I'm not asking people I work with to buy this shit. So it just, it doesn't work out. But if we set up fundraising and say, Hey, as a citizen, if you want to help, please do. But if you can't, you can't afford it, volunteer your time and it will make a difference in the school system. (laughs) But it's extremely frustrating because I know that that's never going to happen. The other thing that I would I would look at at our local and, go- and state level is the taxes that were charged. So here in Maine, you get charged an excise tax every year to register your car so it can legally be on the road. Then on top of that, you have to go to a garage to get it inspected so you can get a fucking inspection sticker. So, you know, if you buy a brand new car, easy $500 out of your pocket 
just to register it. And then it does go down year by year, but it doesn't go down a lot year by year. And that's just for the privilege to drive on the roads. Now here in Maine, our roads are absolute shit when you're outside the the metropolitan areas. And we don't have a lot of metropolitan areas in Maine. So really all the roads are shit. None of that money goes to the roads. They claim the toll booths that they're building more of now and they are upping the money to drive through a fucking toll booth goes to the roads. I don't see it. So why do I have to pay a privilege tax, essentially, to drive my car? Like, I get it. I get the insurance aspect of it. Cool. But to pay a tax every year just so I can be on the road, and then on top of that, I need an inspection too? Like, fuck that. Like, you should trust me that I'm not going to put a dangerous vehicle on the road. And I know there's assholes out there that will do that, but that's fine. So if we could fix that, and also this tollboo system, it's such bullshit. Like, where does the money go? We don't need that. We don't need a tollboo system. We don't need an excise tax. I don't need a goddamn inspection sticker. And that money would go back into the pockets of the residents. And lo and behold, I have more money. I can spend it in the free market. It takes care of itself. That's what's brilliant about the free market. But politicians don't understand that about the free market. And quite frankly, that pisses me off. (laughs) Because I believe in the free market. Like, I control my destiny financially. You know, the harder I work, the more I put into it, the more I'm going to make. But then the government swoops in and takes a good chunk of my, my check. And that system is messed up. And I, I guess I would be okay with it if my taxes actually went to places that matter. But they don't. So that's what I would do locally state-wise, like those simple taxes. Also, we have a sales tax here. It's like five and a half percent on every dollar. So if you, you know, you buy something for 99 cents, it's going to be like a buck five. I'd like to know where that goes and why am I taxed to buy goods? Like, <laughs> it, it just, it makes no sense. Like our neighbors to the South, New Hampshire, they have no sales tax. Uh, but they do get you on property tax, so that's how they kind of compensate for it. But, you know, for me to buy goods or go to a restaurant or whatever, and I, and mind you, I think like restaurants, I pay 7 or 8%. Like, I have to pay more money to spend my money in the free market? That makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> And I know, I know I talked earlier about the war on drugs. That's, this is the next big thing I would do. We need to legalize all drugs across the board. And this is something that needs to happen federally, not just the state level. Remember, do whatever you want as long as you pay for it yourself and you don't hurt anybody. Currently, with our still war on drugs, people are getting hurt 
you know, you're, you're finding heroin and cocaine laced with fentanyl and people are having overdoses and dying. EMS workers, police officers are getting fentanyl overdoses because it gets on their skin. That's hurting people. So by making drugs legal, you get a much better quality of drug. So it's less dangerous. Now these people aren't getting hurt. Yeah, that's my dog in the background losing her mind. There must be somebody in my driveway. Uh, I'm just going to continue through it. I'm sorry if it bothers you. Um, and then the sale of drugs happening legally benefits the local governments. I mean, look at what Colorado did when they were the first state to legalize marijuana. Um, tax returns at the state level skyrocketed. The school systems got better. The roads, everything. So for me, legalizing drugs, and I'm okay with taxing the shit out of it as long as that money goes where it needs to. And we still need to provide like, you know, substance abuse um, systems and places and have that all in place, but let that money be, be funded out of legalizing drugs. Crime's gonna drop. Prison population's gonna drop. You know, you're it. It's just it's a big benefit legalizing it, and it's kind of funny. It ties into the next thing. Uh, what really pisses me off in my state is our our correctional system. Um, at one point, they were considering closing the state prison because it's like, eh, like why do we pay this and we don't have that many people in there? We can put them into the regional prisons. Well, the guards union got involved and had lobbyists at the local level and fought it and kept the, the, the prison open. Even though the legislators here voted to shut the prison down, of course, Governor Mills vetoed it because she's in the pocket of whoever is giving her money. So the idea is prison needs to be for murderers, rapists, child abusers, and like severe thieves. And I include white collar in that. These assholes that manipulate the stock market illegally, they need to go to prison, not just a slap on the wrist. But that's who prison should be for. Now, the war on drugs continues because of these same guard unions on the federal level. To keep the guards employed you need to have prisons full. So the guards unions pay millions of dollars a year to lobby Congress and the Senate to keep the war on drugs. Why would you legalize it? We need to keep these people in prison. So legalize drugs. And then what happens is I, hey, you're in jail for smoking marijuana. You're done. Your record's expunged. Oh, you're in here for it, you know, because you, you had X amount of, heroin in your car and you drove over a state line, now it's considered, you know, transportation of drugs, intent to sell. You're out. Come on. So we'll get everybody out that has a minor drug offense. Um, expunge their records. Put them back into society. Give them whatever help they need because the money from legalizing drugs is paying for that. Get them back into society, productive member, adding to society. Wow. Pretty simple. But no, these fucking crooked guards need the prisons full to keep their jobs. 
How about they find a different job? Simple as that. The last thing that I would do that I really believe would have a gigantic impact is fix the police. Now, it has become very popular in recent times. Defund the police. Yeah, fuck that. Give more money to the police and have it go towards training. So a police officer, you know, when they get hired, they go through the police academy. There's their training. And that's it. They don't get anything after that. Here, here, police officer, let's put you out in the field with a loaded weapon and let's have you stressed all the time because everybody hates you and you're worried you're going to get shot. And that's how things go bad. So what we need to do, and again, this will benefit the community and the state. Police officers need to spend 20% of their time per year in training. And what does that look like? They're going to work with social workers. They're going to understand de-escalation. Not my first reaction is a gun. Just imagine if things could be de-escalated. And I know there's a, you know, there's a bunch of politicians out there. Ah, we'll give the money to the social workers and put them in the field. What the fuck? You're going to put a social worker into the field. There's a domestic abuse case going on. They show up at the house. Husband or wife has a gun. The gun goes off. Now the social worker's dead. We're not doing that. We're going to pay the social workers to train the police officers. During that training, we're also going to teach the police officers how to handle high-stress situations. You know, it's, it's, it's a military thing. It's, you know, if you look at the top-tier special forces guys, they spend the majority of their time training in high-stress for these missions so things don't get wrong or they can handle it when the stress hits. We need to do the same thing with our local law enforcement. And then finally, and I don't know how feasible this is, but I really agree with it. Uh, When Andrew Yang was running for president, he felt like police officers should be a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's absolutely brilliant. Because now you're going to teach them how to properly take somebody down without causing massive harm. Also, the huge thing about Brazilian jiu-jitsu is it's a struggle. You're always struggling because at any moment, you could get caught, choked out, tapped, whatever. There is that training handling more stress. And we're going to put those guys into the field and those gals and they're going to be better. And I know if you look at 20% training, yeah, that's thir- that's eight hours a week that they're out of the field. But with those 32 hours, it's not a problem to cover everything. Because the other thing you're going to do is you're going to take away the bullshit quota of writing tickets, speeding tickets. You know, police aren't tax collectors. And that's all all these tickets really are. And they do have quotas like, oh, no, we don't have quotas. I know for a fact with my connection to law enforcement, there are quotas. And that's how, you know, the local communities in the state generate revenue. Got to hit these quotas so we can get our revenue. That needs to go away too. So that 32 hours a week is actually spent when something is going wrong and we need a police officer. Boom, they're there, they're trained. 
and it's just the situations would get better. There'd be less, you'd hear less about police involved shootings um, in those situations, you know, and then on top of it, they're going to be a part of the community more working with the community. Cause I grew up in a time when my, um, my father was a police, a police officer for the city of Bangor and then a deputy sheriff for Hancock County. He worked inside the community. He was a part of the community representing law enforcement. And that's a big deal. And I, I always thought that that's what law enforcement was. And then you look at today and that is not what law enforcement is. We all hate cops. You know, we don't want cops. They're bad people where, where it's really, it's, it's the minority. That's the bad people, not the majority. But if we can fix the police, spend a little more money on training, our communities get better or safer. So those are those are really my my political views <laughs> right now. Um, like I said, I'm not going to discuss this again. I I have my beliefs. I'm cool, and I don't need to get involved with all the bullshit that's going on. You know, the tri- you got to pick your tribe and all that stuff. So you'll never hear from me again about politics. Um, I will say though, what I'm interested in is some interaction, your thoughts on these ideas. So if you want a direct message through either Twitter or Instagram, look at the show notes, you can see how to, to get to it. Or if you'd prefer to write an email, because maybe you're going to send me an essay, my email is in the show notes too. reach out. I think it's an interesting discussion. And so that's what grinds my gears this week. And I want to thank you for listening to Savage and More. And I will talk to you on Sunday.